Hello and welcome, fellow awesomeologists to Awesomeology. I'm Sue. And I'm Ben. And in this episode, we're going to make a case for a habit that we want you to break. And that we're going to break. And, and us too. Yes. But it's and all about you, listener. Listen, get it together <laughs> out there. We are doing our best. This is going to be a tough one because it means breaking a social contract that I bet a lot of us thought was unbreakable. It's the idea that quote unquote professional courtesy or ever you would, whatever you would like to call it, <laughs> um, that it's professional courtesy to never point out an issue with your coworkers' job performance, to never turn to them and say, why do you do that thing? Stop doing that thing. <laughs> right. Or in a nicer way. I've, I've heard people can be nice too, but it's just right. it's not, yeah. you know. There may be our better it. questions to ask. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you the way you are? <laughs> Who <Yeah>. hurt you? <laughs> so yes, uh, this uh, does sound pretty intense though. It sounds like a pretty intense contract to break. So maybe we should offer a bit more context here. Yeah? No. Okay. Well, nice talking to you. <laughs> I don't know why that gave me such joy. Yes, obviously, we should offer more context here. We can't just tell people to start telling your coworkers what's wrong with them and then end the podcast. Although uh, my <laughs> my tendency to be, you know, towards like chaotic evil does, does sound that sounds pretty good it does sound like a weird like office themed black mirror episode or something yeah, yeah. yeah. there's a lot of chaos that could ensue but yeah, yeah just that, start maybe another now. that'll be another episode maybe. right if this we'll other thing doesn't work right we'll do that all right yes so okay all kidding aside on most teams maybe not all kidding this kidding aside, uh, most teams, when we have an issue with somebody's work on that team, somebody you work with, so we're not talking supervisor to uh, employee, we are talking coworker to coworker, um, we will respond in one of a few very predictable ways. Number one, maybe our first instinct is to ignore it and hope that it goes away. And that always works. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> number two maybe we discuss it as a group and then never either tell that person or the supervisor or do anything about it so that is we spend a lot of time talking about pairing that is your classic pairing right there talking about what someone else is doing particularly uh gaps in their work gaps in their knowledge gaps in the tools that they're using and then never taken anywhere else and number three we do this thing uh, that until we started talking about this whole process, I never realized how uh, how unhelpful this sounded. So it's this thing where rather than talking to the person who is doing the thing that is affecting your job, you go to your supervisor and you say, supervisor, <laughs> you must talk to this other person because I have identified something they're doing wrong. Now you have to fix it. And that's cool. Yeah. Just let's just call it tattling or something. Right, right, right. <laughs> and sometimes we do all three of these things in rapid succession. 
Now, you probably already know why ignoring something isn't helpful, because it does not actually go away. But let's talk about the consequences of those other two, starting with pairing, which, like I said, we have covered pretty extensively. Yeah, shout out to the previous episode where we talk about that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So (laughs) discussing it as a group, never saying anything to anyone who can do anything about the thing. Yeah. Thing, 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 right? Um, And then talking to the supervisor and hoping they will change the behavior. That is the way I was taught to handle it. What about you, Ben? Well, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely... um, Part or, or one of the solutions, right? One of the ways that I was uh, taught, I suppose, um, my uh, upbringing slash previous career experience has something to do with that. Uh, the supervisor was my dad, and the mm-hmm. coworker was a brother, so uh, <laughs> pretty, uh, pretty common happening at home to go talk to the supervisor and let <laughs> them know about the behavior. Uh, so we did the same thing at work, right? <laughs> Now, this is, you know, when I was what, 10 years old up to 17, 18. So, um, but then after that, I did have big boy jobs uh, that weren't uh, with uh, the family business. So, um, including uh, being self-employed and with a business partner and yeah, so, you know, similar thing, maybe just a little um, different in the structure and that, you know, we didn't have some sort of uh, totem pole hierarchy or anything. Myself and my business partner were, you know, seen as the owners. And so maybe sometimes seen as one and the same, maybe other times seen as good cop, bad cop, mom and dad, uh, whatever. <laughs> right. So um, I know for sure, um, you know, there were times when telling the other was like telling the supervisor, you know, but it's just mm-hmm. a little different uh, scenario there with being owner, principal, president, and coworker, like all at the same time, you know? Right, but, right. Yeah, it happened. So yeah, I, I mean, uh, not much different when you boil it down to like what's actually happening, but maybe just a couple of circumstances that made it feel a bit different growing up. Yeah. Well, and the the point behind this is that uh, a lot of us assumed that that, so that's the contract that we're asking people to break, that 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 was the way. And I think uh, the that top down structure of supervisor accountability, which is the thing we have brought up, Mm -hmm. you know, in on this podcast before that idea that uh the supervisor is accountable for what the what their team is doing rather than sharing accountability across the team so then tattling it's not tattling it is it's the thing it it's the thing that we were told is the way to handle it right or that we presumed is the way to handle it if uh that we rather than saying uh, directly to your coworker, hey, I've noticed that you don't know this thing. We were told, uh, and this is that's a big broad statement. I realize that, but right, right. Uh, our assumption was that the right thing to do is go to the supervisor, and for a lot of reasons, like that's that's the supervisor's job. Mm-hmm. They are the person that 
has resolves all conflict. <laughs> right. They they have the training to handle it in the appropriate way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and there may be there may be truth in that, right? Right. But <laughs> right, right. And I but I think uh as I think about the myth behind this, it really is that uh and I I don't want to spoil this for anybody who isn't a parent, but it's that same myth of like you become a parent and suddenly you know how to handle that thing. Yeah, right. Right. So it's the myth that uh you're a supervisor, so you innately you you may have gotten training on how to handle it, which is great. You that's what you should do. <laughs> but uh you don't innately become skilled at it, particularly difficult conversations, sensitive conversations. Um, I think as we have talked about this, I don't know if I mentioned it here or uh, just in our team, but conversations like someone's uh, body odor sure. right. is, is one that comes to mind for me. Like that is a very difficult conversation to have. Mm-hmm. And uh, the presumption is someone has to be able has to have the right training to handle that um and it creates a situation where now rather than really creating a sensitive way to handle that conversation what you're doing is setting up a scenario where everybody's talking about the fact that you stink (laughs) right yeah so now it's somebody has to tell the supervisor the supervisor has to tell you and uh, now just everybody's talking about it. Right. Or you feel like everybody's talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I won't claim to be uh, some sort of a workplace culture expert or anything like that. But, you know, I have learned a lot through this process that we're in right now, creating accountable teams. I have and both of us have many people have received some of that, you know, supervisor, leader, management training. Um, but like, I think that there has been almost this maybe um, like blatant, totally outright um, permission or expectation um, that the supervisor is the one that resolves issues. Like it is, mm-hmm. it is not your job to resolve an issue that you have with your coworker. That's my job as a leader, right? And I think, you know, depending on the workplace, the level of toxicity, or you know the patriarchal structure that might already exist or you know who knows whatever whatever the circumstances are that that's the expectation uh, that's been set um it it exists this is a real mm-hmm. thing that happens in a lot of places you know and uh and then you know you just you can't help but think of the um like snowball effect that might happen with that to all of those people that are on that team that are expected to go to their supervisor to deal with an issue instead of just having a real human conversation with their coworker when they become supervisors what do you think they're going to expect right and right so um so i guess i'm saying all of that just to not like hold anything against anyone that might be experiencing or feeling that or maybe as maybe um somebody that's creating that expectation on their team because it might be what you were taught and it might be mm-hmm. what you experienced you know with some leader in the past and maybe your team got a lot done or was overall rather functional you know uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that you were healthy and accountable and all of the things that you know we're shooting for as part of this process so 
Very good point. Very good point. Well, you know, I we I think this topic in particular, well, we never really want to shame anyone, but this topic in particular, we we don't want to come from a point of shame for people mm-hmm. because number one, up until 25 minutes ago on the timeline of our lives, <laughs> uh, this is what we believed. The same right. thing, you know, that this sure. was this was how these things got resolved. Um, and it is the way many, many businesses uh, have run, as far as everyone knows. And I do, I do think uh, there are probably there probably would be some people that would listen to that and say, "Oh, well, you know, there, you know, there are some things that are that way." And you know, we handle, we we talk to each other, and we have good relationships, uh, and that is very likely true that they have good relationships. And as I'm thinking about how we're going to change this dynamic on our team, I think my question then becomes, well, then let's talk about where, where is the line on your team then? If you have good, you're, you're saying, and I'm believing you, imaginary person that I just made up, uh, that you can have some of these conversations, but there's a line where those conversations end and it goes to the supervisor. Excellent. So where's that line? And if that line is anywhere short of um, the absolute things that must remain confidential, then why is that the way? Hmm. I, obviously, there are things that, or maybe it's not obvious. I think uh, we should state there are still things that remain confidential on a team. Right. So if you when we say we're going to break up pairing, we are not going to keep this like making the manager a conduit. Uh, there are always going to be situations where an employee should be coming and speaking to their manager. Right. Uh, and that that is the place to resolve it. But things like, uh, well, the Things like an example that I use with our team today, which is that person doesn't know that the way that they should be making, like that they should be putting the uh, disclosures on that piece of artwork on the bottom. Mm-hmm. You you don't have to come to me as the manager and tell me to tell that person to move that. Mm-hmm. Just just tell them. Yeah. And everybody can be just fine with that. So question for you. Uh, when you first started to reckon with this, with this idea, right? This idea that we would eliminate the manager being the conduit for all of this information and start having people on the team deal directly with each other. What, for me, there was a series of emotions that went through my brain. So I am curious how you reacted to that initially especially because you you usually like process things and you come out with a good answer but unlike me (laughs) (laughs) who processes everything out loud yeah so what how do you feel about that that idea that uh we need to break that yeah i don't know that confidentiality cycle right for lack of a better term sure yeah i mean i think and this is probably revealing a bit of my nature like honestly i think i felt a ton of hope right away like thinking about the positives that would come of this right like just 
um, while they might be uncomfortable, really healthy conversations happening between people. Because I think something that you experience when you actually like sit back and think about how this might change or help your team is you start to realize like, yes, yeah, some of the conversations that we have either in like, you know, the, the pairing kind of dynamic or um, maybe even, maybe even as a whole group or as a small group, um, they just don't need to happen that way. They can just happen like in the moment, they can be addressed like in real time. There can be a shared understanding that happened, you know, like all the positives that come mm-hmm. out of it. So like, there's just like a ton of hope and um, anticipation of what might change on the team by knowing that like the permission has been given, you know, like inclusively as a whole team to do this thing together. You know what I mean? But uh, at the same time, sure, there's also some uh, reservation or a bit of anxiety that comes with it too. um, Because a lot of it is uncomfortable and maybe not everyone's on the same level as far as their ability to handle the real conversation. Mm -hmm. um, And, you know, be objective from time to time or leave personal feelings out of the way and keep the object of the conversation front and center. Um, so, you know, it's just a lot of reservation about that. Like how, how might this affect the team in a negative way, even though all of the intention is positive. And then mm-hmm. I suppose like a, something in the same space um, that gives a bit of anxiety or concern is what information might happen between people when they believe to be working through a real issue you know the the example you give about the disclosure is a good one in that maybe the um direction that someone is giving uh is inaccurate like maybe the disclosure is supposed to go at the top you know mm-hmm. but um somebody's just using whatever they were taught or their experience or education or lack of education to provide what they feel is you know true organic honest healthy conversation when in fact it's actually something that's technically wrong Mm -hmm. so then you have to like backtrack and fix that as a team right so i i you know i i'm sure that something like that last example i gave might already be happening or maybe will happen in the future but as i'm sitting here giving (laughs) this hypothetical Mm -hmm. uh anxious situation i i can't think of what that might be that's so detrimental to the team or at least isn't vastly outweighed by all of the positives that would come right so I think that's how that's how I felt and feeling etc okay (laughs) awesome awesome yeah that I mean that is that's an excellent point and knowing that the next uh next part of our evolution here is really working that out right to come down to when is this a one-on-one conversation because it's just you and I that need to know this when is this a team conversation because we have we have tried I think with absolutely great intention to create efficiency when we are together and to get the main things done and we and it's really going to run counterintuitive to some of the things we have been trying to do, which is to eliminate some of that excess chat and not have people who aren't directly involved with the project be listening to that chat. Um, And this reverses that a little bit because this is asking people like, let's talk about it as a team and explore 
how that applies to everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I, and particularly thinking about the work we do, none of it's really in a vacuum, right? Right. So right. the thing, the thing that someone learns on the project they are doing right now could apply to the other designer on a different project and you might just not see the connection yet. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's, I guess, similar, um, like outcome with, um, how we're using our time and, uh, that this might be seen as like a reversal of efficiency, you know, cause we're filling some time that maybe as we continue to work on the project stuff together and make those kind of meetings and conversations more and more efficient and make sure that, you know, the appropriate people that are either on the project or the subject matter experts, whoever they are, they're the ones having the conversation that needs to happen. Um, we, I think we have like uh, gotten rather efficient uh, and mm-hmm. probably will continue to grow in that area as we continue to work the way that we are. Um, but if if what we're doing is filling some of that saved time with conversations that should have been happening all along, I that's not a that's not a reversal or a step back. Mm-hmm. I think that's just another improvement, you know. And sa- same kind of thing can happen, right? Like if we're and maybe you even. Uh, already mentioned this if we're having these conversations as a whole team even if somebody isn't directly involved in the thing that we're talking about or didn't experience it firsthand or whatever by hearing us talk about a real issue as a team the next time it happens they'll maybe be equipped to deal with it and we just maybe can't connect those dots quite yet but right so it's it's not time wasted and it's also all time that we'll need to be really conscious about because it could really easily become time wasted if we're not actually talking about real issues or, you know, we're right. kind of like falsely right. um, creating this, I don't know, space or this conversation only to like check a box that we're talking about real issues when in fact it's not a real issue. That's, that's a really good point. Uh, and one of the next uh, next thing we are going to talk about is possible challenges. Spoilers. Yeah. You're going to ask me about possible <laughs> challenges here yeah. coming up. And that is the thing I am not and, and I'm not and I'm not going to wait for you to ask me that because <laughs> I in the current makeup of our team, it's not something I worry about, but I can I have been on teams and I can definitely uh I can definitely picture being on teams where saying that we're going to discuss our real issues as a team turns into like, here's the weekly tattletale right. where everybody is using this, this time and this tacit permission to discuss real issues to actually call everybody out and make sure everybody knows like, I suck as bad as you suck and you <laughs> suck pretty bad, you know? Yep. That yeah. where where it can become, I think that it could devolve into retribution on a less healthy team. So yeah. maybe that's like cautionary tale. If you think you have people on your team and you are considering any of the stuff we're talking about, uh, but there are people who you think would use that as a cudgel to beat each other with. so I bring up this week uh yeah Ben you missed that thing and you say oh shucks I didn't mean to miss that thing but really you're thinking oh you just you wait 
Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And well, then as soon as as soon as there's something that you can point out, oh look at you missed that thing. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And all of a sudden you're keeping score, right? Yeah. Right. No, I mean great point and something that I think um at whatever level anyone might be engaging with this kind of stuff, it's something you gotta be aware of because yeah, there could be some backfiring that happens there for sure. Yeah. And just being aware of your team and what you what additional um prep work or agreements or expectations you might need to put in place before you dive in. Um, super important. Yeah. As, as I'm like saying all of that, I'm like trying to imagine. And I think this confirms your feeling of our team or your perception of our team. And that like, I, I can hardly even imagine what that would be like if, you know, one person was setting up the other one to be bashed in a week or if they started keeping score or something Ugh, mm -hmm. gosh that sounds if anyone out there's in that boat that sounds terrible but yeah and we yeah. feel for you <laughs> yeah and uh I think that means you are it doesn't mean that none of this process would work mm -hmm. it means that you are probably further uh you are in, in an earlier part of the journey Right. Where it's where that kind of attitude has to be reckoned with and yep. some trust needs to be built and those yeah. things and uh, then to work toward you know, being able to discuss things as a team. Yeah. Yeah. And gosh, just keep the keep the end goal in mind, keep the outcome in mind. I know this is something we've said more than once along the way, like just, you know, imagine what it looks like when we're th through this or, you know, right. and, and, and we're never like all the way through it and we've reached some finish line. And, but, you know, like once we start seeing uh, behaviors change on the team and stuff, like just imagine what that looks like. And that might, that imagination might be all that it takes to help someone with a poor attitude or that's holding a grudge or something. That might be all that it takes for them to be like, you know, shoot, maybe, maybe I'll like my job more if we can just get there, you know? Right. That right. might might sound a little too uh, kumbaya or utopia, but <laughs> it's real. It's a real outcome that can happen. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really important, and you know, thinking about our next steps too, mm -hmm. uh, to keep checking back in and making sure that everyone sees what that shared vision could be. Yeah, it, it's it's an unusual it's an unusual situation for us because we are without a real template. We're building this template. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, I think we have a clear vision of what it will be, but we can't, we don't have what we so often have is a sort of a final form that we can demonstrate to people and say, look at what, how great this team does this thing. And, and we, we didn't bring that into this process with us to be able to, get that clear vision for our team. Mm -hmm. So I think something to think about to continue to work toward bringing clarity for them, see what all the possibilities are. I mean, they they have been great so far with uh, because they're game. These are right. some of the gamest people yeah. <laughs> in the nicest way possible. Uh, and... Uh, we don't, we're, I think we're really fortunate to be working with people who seem to have a high level of trust in us, mm -hmm. yeah. seem to be able to uh, 
really roll with us saying, well, we're not sure exactly how that looks, but we know that this is going to be, you know, we don't know how we get there, but here's what we think the outcomes are going to be. And yeah. this whole time been like, okay, well, if that's, if that's <laughs> what you're thinking, just tell us what we have to do and right. we'll show up and be a part of it. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, showing up has been impressive and is just so necessary. I mean, for mm-hmm. everyone on the team to show up and participate uh, in our conversations and things that we're wanting to try and stuff have been, I mean, it's the only reason that we're still talking about this stuff is because people have said yes, have showed up, and we've seen like mm-hmm. real progress, you know, in a, and sure, like all of this, you'd maybe love to squeeze down into a couple months or something like that. It's been longer than that for us, but that's okay. Like that's been what's necessary for our process, but you know, relative to how long we've all been working together and how long we will work together, like it's a really short amount of time to mm-hmm. see like real change happening on, on the team real quick, you know, yeah. you, you mentioned next steps. I, I don't know if you were, um, segueing into our final question, but, um, uh, I before- was not. I'm not actually segueing. I haven't okay. segued once so far, but a lot of segues are happening. Right. <laughs> um, before we get there, um, you know, we're we're a creative marketing agency, right? Um, I think something that we maybe haven't done uh, quite directly or intentionally as part of this whole process of you know, creating the accountable team and everything is like connecting this to who we are as an organization and our work. And obviously as a, I don't know, maybe it's not obvious, but as a marketing agency, a lot of the people that we work with are marketing minded folks, or at least people that have that listed in their job duties and um, are learning or trying to become a, a marketing minded person. So I don't know if you don't mind, let's spend just like a few minutes talking about like how how this really has been effective for us as a marketing team how like you know assuming that boy i hope some of our clients are listening to our podcast right like how sure, might this sure nice. help them right um you know just kind of like connect connect who we are as an organization and what we do mm-hmm. with how this is helping and changing the shape of our team Excellent and, question. And for the record, listener, this is totally off script, and I'm yeah, 100 blindsiding Sue with this. So, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of things. So I am I am trying to connect it to all different facets at once, right? Of our business, uh, one of the things that the the number one thing that comes to mind for me, knowing. And gosh, I hope this is something that we that comes through in what we have done to market our marketing business. Mm-hmm. But is the the ethics behind what we put into the work mm-hmm. we do, right? And that has always been you're you're an extremely ethical leader. The idea behind having good business ethics is to be able to look uh, objectively at what you're doing and be certain that what you're doing is right for the people that you're working for. And it is important in any business strategy firm. I think it's particularly important in marketing because marketing is so complex to connect to business outcomes sometimes. Mm-hmm. So to be a to be an ethically sound marketing business 
there is uh, an additional layer of consideration that goes into what we do. Um, and we have to, one of the things we have to be able to do to remain ethical is to be able to trust that everyone who is responsible for helping our clients, helping our credit union sponsor uh, is comporting themselves in an ethical manner. So we have to be able, in other words, that was a very long way to say, what we have to be able to do is have conversations about what is ethically sound. Uh, the rest of our team has to be able to take in that information and act ethically when we are not there to be responsible for their ethics. Sure, yeah. So they become accountable for carrying that on, you know, carrying that forward in our business. And we cannot be there with every interaction they have with every person. It can't, we can't be the conduit through which all of that happens. Yeah. And the way I believe the way that you do that, you know, there are a lot of things you can become ethically uh, questionable with in our business. Um, one of them yeah, uh, it can be what you tell people. It can be the effort that you put into it. It can be, you know, the way you build, the way you represent the work you're doing. Lots and lots of ways uh, that you could become a little ethically dicey. And our expectation is that everyone on our team remains uh as much as possible pristine as to, sure. you know, in terms of those ethics, yeah. right? You put in the work that you've said you're going to put in, you do the things that you said you're going to do and uh, complete them in the time that we said we were going to complete them. We charge you what you should be charged. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, yeah, so that number one, number one is our business, business ethics. Yeah. Um, and second, and maybe equal as far as the pitchfork that I am building in my mind here. I don't have a third though. So like the second <laughs> is going to have to be where you go and then you get the third time of my pitchfork, um, which I guess would technically be a trident. Anyway, uh, uh, second would be that desire uh, for us to continue learning. Yeah. So to, to incorporate, you know, I, I feel that this is a relatively ambitious thing to do without bringing in outside training, without, you know, paying, without paying someone to tell us what to do to build this program with our team is relatively ambitious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think uh, obviously I'm biased, but speaks to our desire to try something, work through the process, be ahead of that curve yeah. rather than waiting to make sure everybody else is successful with it and then doing it once we see a thousand other companies yeah trying right. it yeah yeah well goodness gracious sue well done for a spontaneous question thrown at you and couldn't agree more and um i just have to say um i appreciate you recognizing uh business ethics and seeing me as an ethical leader and uh also, I'll just put it out there that uh, I'm sure 
uh, there's been lots of learning for me over the years to get me to where uh, I am in that space, knowing that I'm not perfect. And um, I'm sure some, uh, I, I don't want to paint a picture of like me being some sketchy sleazeball in a previous life or anything <laughs> like that. But I, I also know I, I also know that I'm not perfect and I've made some mistakes and I think I've maybe learned from them. And um, that probably has something to do with who I am today and mm-hmm. the leader I am today and those things. And also, um, uh, you know me, I'm a, a very active and loyal Rotarian. And there's this thing that we have in Rotary called the four-way test that starts with, is it the truth? And is it fair at all concern? And I think that like that kind of stuff um, comes through in the way I tick and, you know, the mm. kind of team that I like to lead and build and stuff like that. So, so it really does mean a lot for you to, you know, even briefly recognize that it, it that makes me feel good. So thanks for filling my bucket a little bit today. Um, and then I, I would just add maybe the third thing on your trident, Sue, is I trident that, now. Just, just closing it all up. <laughs> um, and we mentioned it today when we were talking about this uh, as our team is that our, our work intersects so much, you know, I mean, particularly, you know, the creative team, everybody, you know, we, we're continuing to work and grow to be more and more agile every single day, but like we're a relatively agile team and the work that we do is happening in an agile way bits and pieces are moving all over the place and so like you know goodness gracious if we can't imagine a reality where we are having real conversations with people in real time addressing real issues owning what we say and do and commit to like we're in for a bumpy bumpy road so I mean the fact that I think we're even operating in a fairly healthy and functional space shows something about the kind of people that we have on the team and mm-hmm. um, how what we all care about. Um, but also we're all humble enough to know that we can do better and be better and um, be more accountable. And that's, you know, of course, while we're, why we're doing all this and talking about all this. So, so I, I think to close the loop on the spontaneous question, I, I think any team can benefit from this stuff but marketing teams in particular or small teams that might be you know the typical client that we might have where people are stretched in different ways and accountable or own a lot of different things um just it's it just is so logical to start to think do and like act under some Mm -hmm. of the principles and um behaviors that this whole thing has taught us or you know we're we're working on Right. Yeah. It, you know, it honestly, it makes me think too of our, of our credit union friends and thinking back to when I was on the front line. And then when I was supervising on the front line, um, our, the credit union I started at was as small as this marketing team. Uh, so we had, uh, we had, no, we had one less person. We had five people. And the the idea that you would that you would not take accountability for handling what was in front of you was absolutely unheard of. There was just no way. There was no way to keep business going uh, and not have everyone on the team individually accountable. And so I, I think that was a really good, for me, a really good jumping off point for my career to be able to experience a team where, uh, you know, there's, 
there was no one to turn to sometimes, mm. right? Because we were so, we were such a small team that yeah. there's, there's not another super, there's not a supervisor there for at, at every minute for me to go, oh, well, I don't know the answer. You're just going to have to, I'll have to send you the manager. Well, you know, the manager's not here and you got to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And then even moving into the slightly larger post-merger credit union, uh, there were there were supervisors there who took frontline accountability really, really seriously. Mm-hmm. So it, it wasn't, yeah, like you didn't just get to elevate a thing because you didn't didn't know the answer, didn't feel like dealing with it. You you dealt with it. Uh or you suffered, I mean, that it wasn't the best way to handle it necessarily. There were some harsh consequences if you didn't know the answer and had to pass someone off. But it was a good lesson in learning, like, no, I I am uh I am an actor in all of this. Mm-hmm. I I have agency here and I have to take my agency and my responsibility uh uh seriously and be able to act in this situation, not just say, well, uh, uh, this other person has to know, or this other person has to know, and I'm just here to count your, I don't know. Count your cash, yeah. Count your cash, right. which also, P.S., I wasn't that good at. So <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what I would have contributed if I didn't do that. <laughs> Members walked in and were like, oh, there's sushi. Darn shorted me 20 bucks last time there probably are members that thought that felt that way but <laughs> more often i shorted me 20 bucks right if that yeah. makes you feel better sure yeah there you go yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so so it was more like hey there's sushi gave me an extra 20 bucks last yeah. time <laughs> right. no wonder you were so popular I, yeah see that is how you make friends right it's all about the benjamin buddy <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> oh. all right you get it? No, That's me. terrible. I'm Benjamin. I'm Benjamin. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I think we're back on track. I think we're back on track now. Okay. And I think we are at that point where we are. Uh, let's check in. This is a great time to just check in on, you know, we did our all stop uh, recently. Now that we're, the wheels are spinning again, maybe as we took that moment to breathe. How are you feeling about what we're accomplishing? Are we doing what we set out to do? I feel back on track. I feel, you know, when we were doing our all stop, we did have to talk about the reality that we got started talking about pairing and things got delayed and mm-hmm. pushed back and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we have, uh, we've accomplished that, check that off. I mean, we've accomplished the discussion. Yeah. And from that discussion, we pulled out some strategies that are i think good and from from the team the team brought these ideas to us to talk about how we're going to stop it personally you know what we're going to say to ourselves and to each other some things we can do as a team to support each other so yeah we have good we have good ideas there and uh i'm feeling confident about that Mm-hmm. And I recalled as I was putting things together for this, that uh, when we talked in the all stop, one of the things we talked about is that it's time to help have the team help us direct where we're going, help guide 
what our next steps are. So that yeah. is coming up. We should, we have mid-year Plantopia coming up. We do. Yes. And we, our intention is to talk to them about what do we need to do and what next steps yeah. do you want to try? Yeah, looking forward to that. Looking forward to, I mean, I think today's conversation with the team about pairing was a nice example of the buy-in and the showing up from the team. Mm -hmm. You know, the next steps that we discussed uh, during that conversation were almost entirely driven by them. Uh, so that feels great. And I'm excited that um, the next steps will be too, you know, I mean, I think mm -hmm. uh, us being there and maybe having the blessing of these podcasts as an opportunity to keep us on track and discuss between you and I about where we're at, what's next and stuff that that helps us keep those conversations rolling with our team when otherwise they might go stale or quiet a little earlier. Um, but I mean, the fact that they're, you know, really contributing and driving things um, at this point is, I guess, again, just uh, going back to like how I'm feeling about this whole thing, just incredibly hopeful, you know, and to see the ownership that's happening on the team is really cool. So, so those next steps, uh, are maybe in this moment, a little bit to be determined, but the next step is to get the team together to talk next steps. And mm -hmm. I'm excited. It'll be fun. Yeah. I, f I feel like we have, we're really about to turn a corner in this whole journey because we have set, we have really laid that groundwork. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of understanding now for what we're trying to do. And the next steps are, it just feels like, you know, the next thing we could talk about is how do we get to that first final state? Right. Yeah. And roll the to be continued. Uh, right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. 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 That'll be cool. That'll be cool. And we'll be sharing along the way, right? Yes. And we appreciate everyone joining us on this journey. Uh, this is terrifically, terrifically rejuvenating, I think, for me personally, to have these conversations every time and to think that there are people listening and it might be helping them. Right. So please keep coming back to hear more. You can always follow us on social or you can get in touch with us at our website, exclamationcuso.com. We would love to hear your questions. Uh, we would love if anyone is, if any of this has intrigued anyone at all, yeah. <laughs> please reach out and uh, talk to, let us talk, talk to you about where you think your first steps are and what, what kinds of things uh, you think your team could be doing differently or. Yeah. Yeah. We love to or talk. what I don't have an, I don't have anything to go with the, the or <laughs> yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Or we uh, learn something from you. Yes. That sounds fun yes. too. Awesome. Did you plug the website uh, yet? Or am I, I, I sure did. Oh, I gosh. did. I spaced yeah. out there. For Sorry, a I just <laughs> went went through it so fast. <laughs> Cool. Well, thanks, friends, for tuning in. Thank you, Sue. Uh, everybody out there, be awesome, and we will see you next time. The Osmology Podcast is a production of Exclamation Services. Thanks to Nick Mulliver for sound production and Kylie Ganther for our cover artwork. Executive producers are me, Ben Bauer, and my friend, Suzanne Campbell. <laughs>